Soldier, keep on marching on. Head down till the work is done. Waiting on that morning sun. Soldier, keep on marching on. Sometimes, while sitting, I begin to reminisce on the times and events that took place while I was serving in Galadimawa village in Kauru local government area of Kaduna state. The schools club and society, the first inter-house sports competition we ever hosted and other things that brings me good memories. Then my cheek raised folding in smiles. <laughs> but before then it all began 15 minutes after I dropped my bag at the gate of the NYAC permanent orientation camp Chikun. The famous black gold camp that is after a 12 hour journey from Port Harcourt. We left Port Harcourt um, at 6 am in the morning from the park and then we headed down north. It was quite a journey. You know, if, if you had listened to the episode 1 where I narrated all about NYSC and then the episode 2, the episode 2 was more like an experience. My experience on the road with all other persons and then the things we had to face here and there, the near accident and then how we had to stop by to buy granite while working our vehicles, you know, and other things that made our journey very exciting and interesting. You know, they, how they used my bucket as the granite poem bean and how we bought suya and then we shared everyone was speaking from the same um, paper, you know, stuff like that. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I had a very wonderful journey by the accident that nearly happened somewhere around the outskirts of Penway State. So right. I got into the camp and um, I took a deep breath. That was because it was um, a tiring journey. You know, you are sitting down in a bus around the clock from 6 a.m. down to 6 p.m. Then from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. That was when I got to Kaduna, the black gold camp. My name is William Spring Chibike and this is Cocoa Hops. Hid in the dust, feet in the fire. Labor on that midnight wire. Listening for that angel choir. You got nowhere to run. Okay, so yes, this is a continuation of my NYC diary. So I want to continue from where I dropped my bag at the gate of the camp. And when I entered, something happened. You know, normally you see soldiers and then you look at them as, okay, these persons are, they're tough. Yes, they are tough. They are very tough. And then you, you begin to imagine, how did they come about the selection? Because virtually all of them are very huge. They are very, very huge. You know, you see them big bodied, tall, and then they have this intimidating look. So while I picked my bag and I got into the camp, this is what happened. I was walking down the direction um, towards the hostel, actually. This is how the camp is. Um, let, me, let me narrate how the camp is built, the structural architecture of the camp. So while you are from the gate, you'll be seeing um, some hostels 
from the gate. Yes, you'll be seeing some hostess from the gate. So my attention was, I've picked my bag. I am walking down to the hostel. I did not even know that there was a barricade that's it's supposed to be like a stop and check or a stop and search. All my attention was go to your hostel, go get a bed before the orders take it because me coming from a far distance, I'll be like, oh, there are persons who had gotten there before me. Yes, you know what it's like being a first timer into a place and then you want to, you know, you know this stuff of um, going to school the first time, you want to have the front seat. That was the impression I had. That was what was running through my mind. This made me not pay attention to what was happening around me. I never knew. I never knew that there was barricade and soldiers were waiting to search every intent and prospective core member that is coming in from the gate. So while I was heading, you know, with all excitement that yes, I finally got into the camp, I heard, hey, where are you? My friend, will you come back here? I was shocked and I took a pause. But when I turned, I was like, hey, I don't see this thing. And then I went back. So I said, good evening. Please, I'm sorry, I didn't see people. He said, why you go see? All these foul them. Ah, me, foul. <laughs> okay, now that was the first insult that I received in the camp. That was the very first insult I received. Me, a foul. I said, okay, no problem. I said, sorry, sir. And I dropped my bag in fear. And they said, open it. We could sweat in the inside. And when I zipped my bag open, they instructed me that I should bring everything one after the other. I was like, oh Jesus, it took me time to pack this bag. How do I unpack all of these things and then begin to pack again to arrange my bag down to the hostel? Well, I was bringing, they were actually going to check for extension, um, electrical appliances, and then maybe cutleries that are very dangerous. So you don't have to come into the camp with fork. You don't have to come into the camp with um, a knife or a pen knife per se, or anything, maybe a nail cutter or something like that. You don't have to come to camp with it. So while I was removing my bag, they say, hey, wait till me that. I say, it's a fork. They say, bring it out. The next, they pointed out, say, wait till me that. I say, it's an extension. They say, bring it out. And that was how I brought out my extension, my fork, my, um, what do they call it? The adapter, the one you plug into the socket on the wall. And that was it. I said, is that all? They say, yes. Why go carry this kind of thing? Come, come. Come on, my friend, close your bag and go. I was like, ah. Within me, I was like, you know, from Portacot, I was like, why did somebody ginger me? Like, the Portacot boy in me wanted to say, nah, I'm not in the ginger me. I said, no, hold yourself, boy. Hold yourself. You don't know what you're doing. This is not the place you're supposed to SAP that kind of life. Hold it. Hold it. So I said, okay. And then I walked. I zipped my bag, leaving my extension, my socket, and my fork, and my, what do they call it? The knee clip. And I left it there. I picked my bag and then... Um, headed north of the camp so my attention was just go get a hostel so you don't uh, you're not left behind because of course you know it's um, the first day of camp and there are persons who will be there before you so you need to do whatever you have to do to get at least a bunk so the first hostel i headed towards that was the one i happened to enter i didn't even bother to look at the inscription on the wall i just went in and that happened to be the hostel where I stayed the three weeks of camping activities. As I moved in, 
I, I went to the middle row and I've, I've already seen people's bags, you know, all placed. Some persons have even tied their nets already. Some persons have their mattresses on. Yes, people have been there before me because uh, there are persons who might be coming from closer distance than I am. And um, I, I, I looked at the middle bunk, it wasn't all occupied, and I happened to just drop my bag on one. And I looked around, it was just the skeleton of the bunk, no mattress. And I, and I just turned and I asked someone, please, we all know they get for my bag, I want to go get mine. And the person replied, go as if you're heading towards the gate, by the right hand side, you will see a warehouse. In fact, some persons will be coming out from there with foams. I said, thank you very much. And then I scrambled down to the warehouse. And when I got in, my, 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 there were people inside. You know, it was occupied. People were just dragging, looking for the one that would be suitable for them. Mattresses, dragging mattresses here and there. I just stood in a while and I was looking around. I said, where do I get the best mattress that will fit? that skeleton where do i get the best mattress so i moved up to a pile of mattress and i dragged one and then i headed back to my hostel and then when i came back i couldn't find my net i was like who carry my nets for here who carry my nets for here the silence was grueling nobody replied i said to myself fine don't panic just be yourself I just dropped my mattress, dropped my bag on it, and covered it with my bedspread, and I sat down. So after a while, it was late, so I just had to sleep off. I couldn't take off my clothes because the mosquitoes would feast on me. So the way I came, that was how I slept, just removing my sandals and um, my face cap. So it was 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m. in the morning, we heard a heavy bang, boom, as if someone bashed into our hostel and then they started hitting the bunk, boom, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, white foul, wake up, white foul, wake up. I was like, Jesus, what's happening here? And then I forcefully stood up and then I saw soldiers. That was where I met who happened to be the camp timekeeper, Kurege. So if you served in Black Goat Camp in 2017, you should know who Kurege is. The one who blows the big hole. Something like that. So yeah, that happened to be the timekeeper of the camp. And his name was Kurege. He was the one shouting, White Fowl, wake up, Saturday, White Fowl, wake up. And I was like, who, who be this person now? Which kind of nonsense? Which kind uh, um, disturbance be this one, this early morning? You know? And I saw people jumping from their beds, standing up, and we all stood up. And the next thing they said, in a single fight, carry your belongings and move to the gates now. Man. That was when I knew that people were very obedient. See guys jumping, carrying guys, we were just in a hurry. We packed. People were packing their bags. Some guys were nude. People who took off their clothes were nude. So you see people dicks dangling and then the others who were just on boxers and stuff like that. It was hilarious. Very, very hilarious. So all we did, we just scrambled and we jostled down to the point where they told us to go to. 
and then we met. <laughs> ah, Jesus! No camping activities. I, 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 you know, when I look back and I, 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 I begin to reminisce, I, I say, nah, it was quite an experience. It was quite an experience. So when we got down there, we were told to stay on a single file and drop our bags on the ground, and every other thing we were holding. So we just dropped everything and stood on a single file. So those who were nude. We are asked to put on their clothes. So people we are putting on their clothes and stuff like that. You people are very lucky that I'm in my good mood this morning. Now, pick up your things, run back to your hostel, and come back to this point, 7 a.m. in the morning, for your registration. Now move. That was how we ran back, the same way we came to that point. We ran back to our hostels. And that person who gave us that command happened to be the camp commandant, who we refer to as the RSM of the camp. So that was how we ran back to our hostels, and that was when I saw my net. I was like, who be this person who can carry my net? That happens to be where I met Ben. So Ben was the first person I met in camp. He was the first acquaintance I made in camp. Shout out to you, Ben. Shout out, bro. So I was like, oh boy, what did they happen? I go carry my net like this now. And, and they shout yesterday, you know, even come open my talks and you carry my net. He say, ah, now your net be this no verse. I just see and yeah, I say, you see net when it be your own, you carry. You know, this kind of thing, you know, Jenna. You know, so I felt like I was hard on by. Someone just uh, walked on my intelligence and took my net. So while I was sitting with anger, he said, no, no verse. Make I go fetch water for you. I say, no fetch water for me. The only thing I feel do now be say, I go follow you, go where they fetch the water. So that was how I and Ben walked down to the point where people were fetching water. It happened to be a well. So Ben was the one that drew the water out from the well and poured it in my bucket. So we fetched the water and we came back to our hostel and we went to take our bath in the open field where others were having their bath also. But um, after 7 o'clock, I didn't see Ben again. Ben had moved out from that hostel to another one. The only time I saw Ben in camp was when we were going to have lunch or dinner or uh, when we were going for camping activities. I said, oh, but Alfana, you don't, where are you doing now? I said, he said, I did the next hostel. I said, tall, no problem. So 7 a.m. in the morning, we went back to that point where we were told to come back for our registration. And we happened to form two lines. That was when I saw that there are females in the camp. And I was like, ah. Yeah, we are these girls when we are chased out of our hostels to come at that very early in the morning. We formed two single line, one line for male and the other for females. So that was how we are going through the registration process. And we happened to get our platoon number and luckily I was fixed in platoon nine. So yes, I was in platoon nine in camp. And then after then we were asked to go take passports. And after the passport, we were asked to go form a line under the three where we will meet our different platoon leaders so we went there and it was time to to collect our materials our clothes the shoes and the every, everything we are supposed to use in camp that was why we were asked to gather so that we can get all of those things and then i looked at this and i was like no if i stand in this line i'm not going to <laughs> i'm not going to get my materials on time and it will take a longer time for me to even get to the front side. I said, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I said, I said, why is guy? Let me just go and stand close to the 
platoon leader. So I, I went close to where he was standing. Like I, I, I left the line and I went in front of the line and he stood by his side. So I saw some other sharp guys stood by his side and some girls. I was like, good. So we now whispered to ourselves, Moko just help this guy so that we could feel collect our own material sharp, sharp. So that was how he turned and I was like, you, 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 follow me. So that was how we followed him into the storeroom and we collected the materials meant for Platoon 9 and then we went back. So from that day, we became the, the pioneers of Platoon 9. But you know what, you know how it is, there are people and then there are those who are in charge, something like that. So we became the pioneers of Platoon 9 and then we started giving out the clothes. Meanwhile, we've kept our own aside. <laughs> you know how these things work. Yeah, right. We've kept our own aside, but we started giving out to people. So after that, it was the next time I had an encounter with the soldiers again. So normally registration was still ongoing. And um, for those of us who have finished our registration, we were asked to go put on our white and white and everything on white. So we came out to a point and then we were asked to form a line. So now it was, it was time to teach us those little, little drills on parade so that it will, it will give us a, a kind of a confidence when we want to do our normal swearing-in ceremony, which is um, going to be coming up in two days' time. So while we were there, the soldiers came and they were like, ex-boys, raise up your hands. So they said, ex-boys, boys brigade, navy, army, and every military uh, force and organization, raise up your hand. And I was like, oh, I did boys brigade, so let me raise up my hand. And when I raised up my hand, they said, you, come out. That was how I was told to come out. So I, I, I was looking around and then I came out. I stood in front of the line and they said, now, lead this parade. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Jesus, which kind of I put myself into? Why I go raise my hand like this? So, right. I said to myself, what's there? I've led parade in Boys Brigade before, so I can do this. And that was when I said, Arrayda, they say, my friend, will you shut up, dear? Do you think you want to lead choir song here? Come on, my friend, sit on the ground now. I said, ah. I was like, I, I was surprised. And I was opening my hand, I was like, what happened? Wow. I said, will you sit on the ground? And <laughs> something in me said, hey, I don't put myself for Wahala. This, this early morning is I come. I don't put myself for Wahala. This early morning is I come. So I looked on the ground, it was all muddy. I said, ah, this is my white sneaker now, I go come dirty. They said, will you sit down? And that was how I sat down. And then I folded my knees, pointing towards my chest, and put my head on the ground. That was the first time I was asked to sit on the floor in camp. And you know, you know how this thing is, you know, it's just like a public embarrassment in front of Everybody, I was sitting on the ground. Although the, the, the thing is, luckily for me, um, I wasn't familiar in camp. Nobody can place the face. Nobody know who I am, you know. So I said, okay, fine. This is nothing. That was how I sat on the ground, filled with mud, and then the scorching sun. It was between nine and eleven a.m., so the sun was upon us that period. So I was just there, and I was like, Jesus, which kind of Allah believes upon us? He said, after today, I no go ever, ever come out and say, I won't come to parade again. So, and truly, that was the end of it. I never came out to 
anything that has to do with come and lead parade. That was it. So I I want to take our minds back to when we were going for that registration. Now during that registration, they gave us a form and they said this form is for anyone who wants to join any department in camp. There was a department for the easy OBS. I think that has to be the broadcasting service in camp. There was one for social crew. There was one for and many other departments. You know, if you want to be security and stuff like that. So what what I did was I I took the form for social crew. I said fine. I can maybe I can join one of singing, dancing, and acting. So I picked dancing. So I filled the one for dancing. You know, I, I'm a choreographer actually. I, I have done choreography in Gateway International Church. If you know Gateway International Church in Port Harcourt, and you know Lighthouse dancers. Yes, I was amongst those persons between 2006 and 2010. If you know Olori, yes, Olori was my instructor then. So I said, okay. I can do this and that was how I agreed to join the dance crew. I'm gonna take a drink of that promised land Gotta wipe the dirt off of your hands Careful son, you got dreamers plans But it gets hard to stand So the, the second day in camp and there was nothing much to do after our early morning parade where we were taught how to sing the NYC anthem and um, you know under the sun and in the rain something like that. So after we were taught to sing the NYC anthem, we were asked to go and we were asked to go for a platoon meeting and you know every other little little meetings here and there. So we went for our platoon meeting and it was time to choose our leaders. So I they were like. But why fan? I know go. So I said no. I'm not interested. At that point, I was not interested. I don't want to get myself involved in anything in the camp. At least I know that I can, but I don't want to. So I said no. So some of that two guys raised their hand, and luckily, one of them who happens to be the huge guy in our platoon, the Mr. Macho, he was told to be our leader. You know these things where you know this thing where someone is a leader but not actually the leader, but there are persons who. Um, are on the ground running the the affairs of uh, the organization or the or the or the group or whatever. That was what happened in our platoon. So I'm going to give a big shout out to the pioneers of platoon nine. They know themselves. Owalaka, shout out to you, bro. Jennifer, Karima, Chioma, and there was Ronke, and then there was David Oluwatifemi. David, shout out to you, bro. And then there was Eno, who happened to be our vice president. Eno and I went to the same school, but. It was until we had our platoon meeting. That was when I knew that Enna was actually from my school. And then she knew someone who I knew. You know, so I got to meet Enna through a phone call. Someone called me, one of my classmates who was a very close friend of mine. She called me and she was like, there's someone in my school, in our school who is in my camp. And I was like, I've not met anybody. She said, don't worry, let me, I will call her and give her the phone so she will come meet you. That was how, through phone call, I met Eno. Shout out to you, Eno. And then we, are, we became very close. Yes. And then there's Regina. Shout out to you, Regina. She's now Mrs. Regina. So that was how we pioneered the affairs of the Platinum 9. Our leader was just there answering the leader. <laughs> so yes, he wasn't interested. Actually, he never gave too short about what we are doing. His own was just to sit down with his friends and move around camp. 
So we pioneered the affairs of Platinum 9 and it came out good. Yeah, right. So after then, we were asked to go for our departmental meetings. So I went for my social crew meeting and um, it was then they were looking for who will lead the, the dance group. And I was like, let me try. But then the girls around, they were like trying to choose themselves. I said, no, this is not going to happen here. If I'm here, that means these girls will not come lead me. So I said, I'm going to lead. And they were like, okay, sir, we have a leader. So that was how I became the leader of the dance group and camp. So it was dinner time in the night and um, we were asked to go to the kitchen to collect our meal. You know how it is. We had to take our food flask and then our meal ticket. And, we are, and I was heading down to the kitchen when I saw one funny kind looking kind of meal. And I asked, so boy, wait me this. He said, uh, they said uh, two woma sara and soup. I looked at it. I don't know what this is. I've not eaten it before. And I did a very big about turn. That was how I went down to mommy market to get myself something i know to eat so yes and that was the first of many to come that was because during my stay in camp i never ate anything that has to do with swallow beans cancelled swallow cancelled the only thing i took from camp was rice and tea that's it so the other times when the others were eating in the kitchen i went to mommy market and then you know how it is there are other persons you're going to meet in money markets. The, the first week of you know, camping activity, let me say the first week and the second week of camping activities isn't that interesting. So most times after parade, we are going to one lecture or another. And you know how it is when we are having lectures, people sleep because most other time, those lectures are boring. I mean, very, very boring. That's because some persons will be here making noise, other persons will be there just doing their thing and then the person in front who is lecturing will just be doing his lecturing, not minding if we are listening or not. But then, Mrs. Ogundi, shout out to you, ma'am, shout out to you. You know, she, she, she did all she could to make sure that we paid attention. Now, this is what she did. While the lecture was going on, Mrs. Ogundi will be going around with sweets and she'll be like, neighbor, neighbor, wake your... <laughs> So that was where we got the slogan in camp, neighbor, neighbor. So whenever we see ourselves, we shout, neighbor, neighbor. <laughs> it was interesting, actually. So what she would do is when she happens to come to your line or your room and she finds or she spots someone sleeping, she'll be like, neighbor, neighbor. So she will signal you to wake up the next person and she'll be like, she will shake her head in, in disapproval that don't sleep. Or if it happens that you are feeling too sleepy, she will give you sweet she would just say thick and leak to keep yourself busy so that's how mr gundi made sure that we paid it that we paid attention at least to what um, the lecturer who was in front was saying now irrespective of the public address system they were using people were still making noise you know those backbenchers you know the thing is like it's cool so yeah there is bound to be backbenchers yes people will stay at the back and make noise press their phones, people will take selfies and then then there are other persons who will just put their earphones or their headsets on their ears and then they start listening to music or watch movies. That's it. But nevertheless, well, the only thing we know is that we came for lectures and after that we just say 
our NYC RFM and then go back to our respective hostels. So yeah, the first week and maybe the second week, I'm going to give it a half of the second week, was boring. It was always boring in camp. That's right. As days go by, parade was boring to me, as in I found it boring. So this is what I do. After the early morning drill and roll call, whenever I want to go back to the second phase of parade, I just sneak out to my social crew meeting because I wasn't interested. So if I happen to go to the social crew meeting and we are doing nothing there, I will go back, sneak back to my hostel, pick my dirty whites and start washing them. So one fateful day, I was washing inside the bathroom and I heard footsteps approaching. So when I turned, I heard a voice saying, my friend, will you leave that thing you are doing there and go join the others in parade? I was like, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. I quickly squeezed whatever I was doing and put them in a bucket and took them to my, to my hostel room and I kept them there. So that happens to be the Kaduna State Camp Coordinator, B.B. Balama. Now, this is how our camp was. It was so disciplined. Like, he was like, no alcohol, no liquor, no frolicking, and no personal aggrandizement in my camp. No smoking. You know, <laughs> if you went to, if, if you are there in NYSC camp 2017, in the Black Gold camp, you know Bibi Balama. And do you know what? The funniest thing is, we followed this rule to the letter. As in, when he says, no frolicking, no frolicking. You won't see a guy and a girl standing camp. The camp was so disciplined and there was no alcohol, at least to the best of my knowledge, I didn't see alcohol. Alcohol was not sold in Mami Market. Nobody, I mean, no single soul was caught smoking. So, you know that thing they say, the sneaking and stuff like that. No, it was not done in our camp. So, right. So, I'm going to give a big shout out to Bibi Balama. He restored parity and he made sure we are disciplined. And he was like, since you know smoke, since no alcohol, this means you're going to be healthy. I want all my core members to be healthy. Therefore, no smoking, no alcohol, and no personal anger enticement with the soldiers. <laughs> so right, that was it. Shout out to you again once more. Bibi Balama, the Cardinal State Coordinator in 2017. Did I tell you how I missed out on being the NYC idol? Did I? Okay, let me tell you, this is what happened. I was supposed to represent my platoon in the singing competition in camp. They call it the NYC Idol. So, because they sold sweet corns in camp. Yeah, you know, the roasted corn, the boiled corns, and the rest of them. So, I, I just went to Longer Truths who not let me. I think it, it was boiled corn I bought. And then, it happened to destroy my voice. I had this coerced voice and terrible cough. And then during our plateau meeting that evening, they were like, Williams, how far? And I said, man, it's not going to work. I don't think I can do this. David, how far? Try now. Let's help us. So I happened to liaise with David, who agreed that he was going to represent our plateau. And um, that evening, we started rehearsal. So that was how the first day, the first phase of the uh, competition, it was voice texture they were looking at so david went and he did great he moved to the next round and then the second round it was a duet so i and david we went down to the stage and we shut it down so if you served in 2017 NYC camp in chikun you should know that 
We sang Heal the World by Mark Jackson and the whole judges were clapping and the, the whole camp stood up and it was interesting. The atmosphere was exhilarating. Yeah, we enjoyed it. And then the second, which happens to be the last phase of the competition, we did choreography together with the singing and we did Dari. I think Dari prayed for me, that was what we did. And that was how David, Oluwa Tifemi David, shout out to you, bro. I think David is in the, is in the abroad now, one of those countries, either Australia or Canada. Shout out to you, bro. You did great. So David happened to win the NYC Idol 2017 in Kaduna State. Did I also tell you that my platoon won the dancing and drama competition? Yes, my platoon nine was so good that the dancing and the drama competition, we came at tops. We are first. And I, did I also tell you that I had to borrow Mr. Macho my clothes? Imagine me now. I'm not on the fat side, I'm not on the big side, but my clothes had to enter Mr. Macho. And that was when I knew that, no, this one is not going to work out for us because how can Mr. Macho wear my clothes now? Ah, but it doesn't happen. So yeah, the uh, Platoon 9 was the best. Platoon 9, we were the best. We won the NYC Idol in camp. We won the dancing competition. We won the drama competition in camp. So Platoon 9, NYC 2017, Black Good Camp, we were the best. My first encounter with soldiers when I came into the camp was at the gate when they accosted me and told me to drop those items I was not supposed to take into the camp with. And then the second one was when I was told to sit on the ground when I came out to lead a parade that they were not impressed with. And then the third time, yeah, there was a third time. So the third time was when we finished our social activities on stage and then I was rushing down to my market to get water. So when we were coming back, the nurse was like, hey, all of you come down to this place. So that was how we ran down. And they were like, sit on the floor and hug yourselves from behind. Um, I was like, hey God, I don't do encounter these people for camp. We think they happen. Which camp problem be this one? Which camp wala be this one? Which camp problem? So that was how we sat on the ground and hugged ourselves. I was like, I'm not going to stay here. This is going to take long. They won't let us go in quickly. I said, sir, sir, please. I was one of those who performed something on stage. So I said, let me quickly go get water so I can get back to my room, to my hostel. They were like, who can identify this guy? So what they did was pointed a touch to my face and someone said, yes, I can remember him. So they said, now my friend, will you run down to your hostel? So that was how I was let go. Omo, I ran back to my hostel without looking back. <laughs> Man, that was it. Let me shock you. I had another encounter with soldiers in camp. So yeah, I was almost like getting into the soldiers' way or the soldiers were getting into my way one way or the other. So it was on a Sunday, normally in camp on Sunday, they say from 12 p.m. you're not allowed to put on anything not given to you by NYSE. So that means even your sandals, your anything, no casual wear, you have to go back to putting on your white and white and your shoes or your NYC boots. Me now, what happened? I just stood up from bed, put on my white and white, but I was putting on my sandals. Say, let me go get something outside. And then this female soldier saw me and she was like, hey, my friend, will you rush down to this place? I turned and I was like, I, I, I opened my boat and like, what's up, what is it? She was like, come on, come back, come here now, Saturday, white fowl. Okay. I said, no problem. So I walked down to her and she was like, why are you putting on that thing on your leg? I said, sorry, ma. I just couldn't tie my shoes. So I said, let me quickly 
rushed down to go get something. She was like, drop one leg. And I was just looking at her like, I said, ah, what's happened now? Make I pull one leg of my this as, as what? She said, drop one leg and walk down with the other one to your hostel. I said, ma, sorry. The truth is, I cannot give you one and then go back to my hostel with one. It is better you collected the two of them and let me go back to my hostel with barefoot. She was like, no, I want one. And you go back. I say, ma'am, sorry. I'm going to give you both of them. And then I will go back barefooted. Or I'm going to wear them back and go back to my hostel and get something quickly and rush back. She said, you are Ide. Look at this guy. You are trying. I say, sorry, ma'am. But please, it's either you take the two or you let me go and buy what I want to buy quickly and get back to my hostel. She was like, wait there for me. You know, so I was there standing, what's my business? I was just there and then when she got there, she was like, all right, now quickly rush, go buy what you want to buy and go back to your side. I said, thank you, ma'am. That was how it worked, you know, I was, I was like, I don't win to do it. <laughs> so yeah, she was just looking at me while I just walked by, went to get what I want to get and then got back to my hostel. So that's it. I don't want to go into more details because I want to come back with an episode 4 where I will talk about my experience in the later studies of camping activities and when I got to my PPA. So I want to say a big shout out to people I met in camp. First of all, the Platoon 9 Pioneers. Uwalaka, shout out to you, Eno, Jennifer, Karima, Regina. Now Mrs. Regina, wherever you see me, you see Regina. Yes, we are very close in camp. Yes, even till now we keep in touch on Facebook. So Mrs. Regina, shout out to you. You know how it is. And then shout out to David, shout out to Choma, shout out to Ronke, shout out to Jessica, and then shout out to Ben. Yes, Ben was the one who took my nets. Ben is not a thief. He had to do what he had to do to survive. And it's survival of the fittest. So shout out to Ben. And then shout out to the others I met in camp. I met Kelechi in camp. I met Michael. I met Oyebuchi. I met Abbas, I met Williams, I met Ngozi. Ngozi is a guy, yes, I was surprised he answers Ngozi, but it's a native name. And then I met Philip. Philip! <laughs> I met, Philip was one of those guys that gave me troubles during our social community. Philip is a good rapper, dude. Shout out to you, bro, Philip. And then I met Tadeshima, and then I met Nike. So, yeah, shout out to you guys. You guys are great. You are awesome. Yeah, shout out to you. I want to say a very big thank you to you out there for listening to this episode. If you find this episode quite strange, you should go back to the episode 2 and listen to how this whole thing started and then you will keep close tabs in this episode. So yeah, I have NYC Diary episode 1, I have the episode 2 and this is the episode 3. And yes, I'll be coming back with the episode 4 sooner rather than later. My name is William Spring Shibiki and if anyone tells you that they did not enjoy their NYC camping activities, you have to look at that person twice because I did enjoy my camping activities. Bye-bye.